0: Welcome to the British American Football Coaches Association podcast, a resource designed to support both British football coaches and coaches from around the world. This podcast features special guests discussing techniques, scheme, philosophies and culture for the sport of American football to help develop and grow the game worldwide. Now here's your host, Adam Lillis.
1: Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast. We will be shortly joined by Coach Rob Sal who will be discussing offensive line play. Firstly, I encourage coaches to check out the BAFCA Tackling Series Clinics if you haven't done so already. These are released on Wednesdays and feature Coach Andy Ryland, Coach Richie Gray and Coach Phoebe Schecter discussing the USA Football Tackling System which really will assist all coaches in consistently coaching tackling to their players. Now let's listen to Coach Rob Sal. <music> Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Adam Lillis. I'm excited to be joined today by the Offensive Coordinator and Offensive Line Coach of the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, Raging Cajuns, Coach Rob Sale. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate you very much. I appreciate you taking the time out. Um, So we're talking today about uh, offensive line play and building a successful offense um, but before we get into that, in case any of our listeners aren't aware of your background, would you like to t- tell us a bit about how you first got into football, some of your playing background, and how you progressed into coaching all the way up to today's date? Yeah,
0: I, uh, I'm from Louisiana
1: and um, played,
0: got the fortunate to play at uh, LSU. I originally signed with Jerry DiNardo in 1998. Um, played for him for two years, and then Saban came in in 2000, played for Sabin. Uh, for three years, and then he got, um, the following year, he won the national championship. When I was done playing, you know, I was a good player, wasn't a great player, didn't play in the National Football League or anything like that. Things started like 20-something, 27 games there in the SEC. Um, went into medical sales, did fundraising, the LSU Alumni Association, and I decided I wanted to get in coaching, you know, about five years removed, and so I coached at a high school in, in Louisiana, Catholic Appoint Point Capi, right outside of Baton Rouge. Um, by that time, I was getting engaged. And then Saban left that, that spring after my first season, left the Dolphins and went to the University of Alabama. I called him and kind of told him my dreams, what I wanted to do, be a quality control or a GA. Um, really, quality control wasn't a big deal at that time. Um, so I went there in 2007. I was there from seven to 12. Um, changed titles a little bit. Um, our last, My last year is in 2012, and we beat uh, my, my alma mater, LSU, in the national championship. And then, I, as a quality control, you're always trying to get a full-time job. And uh, I went to McNeese State University, worked for Matt Vietor for uh, three seasons. Um, and then I left there from an FCS school to Georgia. I was with Coach Mark Richt uh, his last season. Um, and uh, I, after that, I left there, went to Monroe University of Louisiana, Monroe. I was there for one season. Left there, went to Arizona State University um, to join up with our head coach now, Coach Billy Napier. Coach Napier was the offensive coordinator. Todd Graham was the head coach. Um, and then we came to Louisiana State I mean we, I'm sorry we came to University of Louisiana, um, and this is going into our third season.
1: Um, so here we are today Excellent, and you you mentioned some very high profile names there in the in the coaching profession. Are there any key influences that you got from them or some of the lessons that you've learned that you're able to share that made you a good coach?
0: yeah, I mean you you, you are um, like you said who your influence from, you know, I've got to watch and observe different head coaches in that seat, um, but maybe they not influence me as a position coach in my little niche. Um, coach, you know, uh, offensive line plays a little bit different, I say, when it comes to guys you, you've learned when it comes to the setup. A guy that influenced me a lot is a guy named Joe Pendry, a um, coach of the National Football League for 30-plus years and was the offensive line coach. Um, at Alabama for four seasons when I was there. And Then the other guy was Jeff Staplin, um, who's now the O-line coach at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, those are the guys that really I got to, to learn from and mold me and um, drill work and how it carries over in you know, the teaching progression from the, from the practice setting, how it shows up to the game field. And, um, but obviously, um, the head guys have been around good coaches, good offensive coordinator Jim McElwain, um, and obviously, coach Billy Napier, who I think <clears throat> very highly of, who does a phenomenal job for us.
1: That's great. Um, let's, let's get into the topic today then offensive line and uh, building a run game, building an offense. Before we talk specifics, when you, you're installing your offensive scheme, whether it's at Louisiana, at Lafayette, or previously, Are you building it based on who your offensive line are, maybe who the other position guys are, or do you just simply coach what you know?
0: It's a good question. Um, I think it's me. It's more about coach um, what you know. You know, uh, just my personal opinion, my personal take. I, I don't look at us as an offensive lineman. This is a gap scheme offensive lineman. This is a zone scheme offensive lineman. You can block, you can run, you can sink your hips, you can uh, or you can't. And you're going to struggle at any concept because anyone uh, takes human movement, knocking somebody off the football, running them vertical sideways. Um, So I think it's more about what you do. O-line philosophy-wise, but now I will say this, personnel-wise, I think a lot of it has to do with um, what you also have in that tight end room. Do you have a tight end? Are you going to be a 10 personnel? Do you have a tight end at all? Do you have a room that's full of them, multiple? Um, Our background, um, going back all the way to Alabama, um, we've been pretty efficient in 12 personnel which is tight end, do you have a full back body type as well, you know? Um, so the the more you can, bodies you have in the tight end room, the more multiple you can be. Um, so I would say it's more in that room versus, all right, I have these type of skill set of offensive line. To me, O-linemen, you can play or you can't play. Plain, plain and simple.
1: Sure. And um, you you were touching on it there slightly, but – if you had a room full of offensive linemen and some were going to go on to be very good linemen, some maybe not so good. What are some of the essential qualities of the good O-linemen that you've coached over the years? Um, what have they possessed?
0: You know, the ones that, um, the real great ones, that doesn't matter what position, O-line, uh, receiver, it doesn't matter in, in my mind. Um, But let's go to O-line when it comes to things that you can control, you know, when it comes to effort, toughness, strain, uh, being a smart football player, um, and be able to communicate at a high level inside out. You know, one thing um, I think we pride on here and we do a good job of is we cover up the down linemen and linebackers and get our running backs to the second level. Um, They don't get touched a lot of time until the second level defender, which – uh, means you, you're tied in from the front to the back um, when it comes to receivers, tight ends. But um, O-linemen, you know, physical qualities, you want a guy that can obviously bend um, and can keep his heels on the ground, not on his toes, not a leaner, have balance and body control. Um, to me, that's important. But you can also be a guy that can bend, but do you have twitch? Can you change direction? Um, you know, and some guys have more pop than others, obviously, but. Um, I would rather a guy that can bend and have and can control his body. Um, of course, you want him to knock him back 10 yards off the ball, but it's important to be able to cover up the, the first level defender. So um, a lot of the things that you can control when you control in the culture in your room um, about your mindset, I think that's huge. I think that's very important how an offensive lineman thinks the culture. You know, the ultimate compliment is when uh, a coach says, man, your guys play hard and they can control that. Um, You know, just checking the box of uh, toughness, effort, and strain um, is very important. And uh, either you can play with that or you're not going to play type deal. So, um, But those are some of the the unique qualities that an O-lineman that we look for um, mentally and also physically.
1: And just to follow up on that, offensive line across all sports is a very unique position as – Um, you could have one superstar offensive tackle, but if the other four offensive linemen are not very good at the below par, then it's going to be very tough to run the ball. So are there any advice that you can give to our coaches over here about uh, getting your offensive line unit working effectively together as a whole unit?
0: Well, obviously when it comes to your scheme, you got to be able to communicate inside out, you know, Um, you know, the Cardinal sin, you know, is to, Go around a D lineman to try to get to your responsibility as a a linebacker, whatever, say if it's a zone scheme. You know, one thing that we preach over and over and over again um, is block the down lineman. You know, the running back will bring the second level defender to you. Block the down lineman. If you block the down lineman, something good's going to happen. But if you go around and a running back's trying to make a cut um, one yard in the, in the backfield, um, he's going to the struggle, try to get back to the line of scrimmage, or he has to be a heck of a ball player. Um, you know, and there's only so many elite running backs, um, but, you know, we got to get them to the second level defender. You know, we want the linebackers to make an arm tackle. So I would tell you that uh, over and over again, we say block the down lineman. So.
1: Perfect. So. We were talking a bit before we started recording about our situation in the UK and across Europe. We're trying to find offensive linemen off the street Um, and it's one position really that there aren't really any transferable skills from other sports that we play because everyone grows up throwing and catching things and we play rugby so we can tackle but blocking, we don't wrestle much over here so other than that maybe some martial arts such as judo we don't often have ready-made lineman ready to play and we just have to teach him up how to play football um so if we were presented with a body you know he was a good size good height good weight where all those things were ticked what would be your um process of working through him teaching him the fundamentals of offensive line and um what are some of the coaching points that some of our coaches could take away from that you know, what? it all starts with
0: what scheme you're going to go first. Um, you know, I would say, say your uh, everything kind of starts with zone a little bit. So um, let's just take zone, for instance, if you're going to start with tight zone, um, and then, you know, your your second deal would be outside zone. You know, your mic declaration could be the same. Your combination calls could be the same. Now your hat placement can change. Um, but O-linemen is definitely a developmental position, and they all develop at a different time. Um, you know, there's a lot of drills you can do. I would tell you, I would say, you know, pick three or four drills and do them over and over and over again. And ones that carry over into a game setting where you can see it on a tape where that guy can say, okay, we do that drill on a Tuesday. For us, I'll just uh, give it to you. Um, For me, I believe um, it's unnatural to get O-linemen to get a second step in the ground, boom, boom, fast, you know. Um, how fast you can get your second step in the ground that's one thing you'll hear me say if you come in and watch my endo over and over and over again if you run zone you want to be on level three I want you off the ball as far as possible um, for the fact that you can't get your second step in the ground if you're crowding the often if you're crowding the ball crowding, uh, crowding the line of scrimmage rather um, and then you know we'll do boards that's the first thing that we'll do boards we'll Set the boards vertical, all set right, step over left, run off the board, sprint off the board, be an athlete. Um, you know, Sometimes you'll watch a guy, a young offensive lineman, you can see them think about it. They look like a robot. It's not natural to them. Just one, two-second step in the ground, go low to high, and run off the football. Um, and then we'll change it. the board at a 45, where the concept change, where it might be a mid-zone, where the running back's aiming points, the play side leg of the tackle. Um, And then again, he's still getting this one, two second step in the ground and running off the football. Um, If you know what to do, you're able as an offensive lineman to play fast and to be physical. If you don't, um, you're going to be like you're stuck in the mud and you can tell an O-lineman like, all right, he's not fully understanding the concept of what they're doing. Um, When a guy's running off the ball and playing fast, usually he knows what to do. Uh, For most part, not all the time, but you know, so we'll do boards every single day and then we'll add a defender. You know, I believe there's three phases in a, in, in, in run blocking. There's the start, the one, two second step in the ground. There's the actual physical explosion, the contact when you're, when you're striking a defender, it could be a zone concept, gap concept, pin and pull concept, but there's some type of physical um contact in the block and there's a finish. Now each three, has a different finish you know there's a zone combination finish there's a gap finish um, but then we'll go to combinations after that and i think one thing that we do really good good here at uh, louisiana we're going to find the formation where we know where the checkers are going to be and we're going to work those combinations over and over and over and over again uh in a tuesday wednesday typical practice cleaning up on thursday walk through on Friday and let's, let's kick it off on Saturday. But I never want to put an offensive line, my lineman in a position where we didn't work a combination during the week and it shows up on Saturday. I feel like the reason why we're good because we do it over and over again. So that, um, to me, is how you develop uh, an offensive lineman. you got to get them to get their second step in the ground and do it over and again uh, to make it natural to them and work those combinations over. And then you got to teach a guy how to come out of their hips, how to explode, either be versus a guy holding a hand shield or you're going against a a sled that you're driving, whatever it may be, whatever tools that you have. But a lot of guys sometimes keep their hips behind them. Um, You got to roll your hips, explode your hips through, um, and go to low to high on the fender. You got to teach it. Now, some guys have the flexibility, the athleticism to do it, they just don't know how to do it. You have to teach them how to come out their hips
1: it's unnatural to do that sure and and you touched on combinations just then when you're coaching run blocking against different fronts are you teaching them the fronts and how to attack them or are you giving them rules that they follow regardless of fronts
0: well they have rules uh, no matter the front um, and then as the front moves, they have different technique, techniques they use for the fronts. And also depends on where the linebackers, we, we, you know, we call some things firm shuffle, uh, say on the backside combination, sometimes we'll piggyback technique. Um, but uh, it, it, they have, we have rules and my declaration on everything that we do. Um, and then we communicate inside out. Um, to all be on the same page. We have very few negative plays, um, but also we have concepts that can handle multiple fronts. Um, so,
1: And presumably when you have those rules, you just refer back to them when you're watching film and grading or assessing and providing feedback. You're just referring back to those rules um, as your core understanding. Yes,
0: yeah. And, and and when we grade in the film, you know, we we give them a – a technique grade, an effort grade, and a um, you know um, uh, missed assignment grade. Um, so you know there'll be three things in a grade in a one particular grade. May I may say, but um, you know we don't grade after every single practice. You know just on on, on games. So, um, but yeah, communication's the number one thing. If you're not on the same page, that's that's the thing about playing offensive line, and particularly um, versus something on defense. You know you can have several guys doing something the wrong way on defense. One guy make the tackle. Okay, let's go to the next play and they can survive. But on O-line, you know, if he's throwing the ball, running the ball, it doesn't matter. you got to cover up the down linemen, communicate inside out um, and have rules to where you can – an O-lineman can apply them if a defense goes to multiple fronts um, or changes the front within a series, you know, you can go
1: play ball. Sure. Appreciate it, Coach. Um, so – just, uh, we might have some new coaches out there, maybe new offensive coordinators that haven't coordinated an offense before. And, you know, this day and age, you can go on the internet, you can go on YouTube, you can find dozens and hundreds and thousands of clips of scheme and drills and things like that. And it can be quite overwhelming. So if there's a young coach out there who's now leading an offense, who might, presumably has some kind of understanding of how... QB play worse, offensive line play worse, et cetera. Are there any tips or guidance you can give them in terms of how do they take the first step into designing their offense? Um, uh, Are there any key principles that they should follow or is it just a case of finding a scheme that they like and and running with
0: it? Man, that's a good question. It's a big, broad question. I would say a principle that, um, that they believe in and dive into it. You know, there's many good ones. I can't say that. A zone scheme's better than a gap scheme. I think you gotta be multiple in what you do and now not multiple to where you have too much and they can't get good at anything, but I, I don't think you can just run tight zone. Um defense start manipulating and shoving the ball inside and you know and um you gotta be able to put the defense in a bind and stretch the field. You gotta stretch it vertically and horizontally. Um you know so You just got to find, you know, a concept that they believe in and and jump into. But you also got to be multiple off of that. You you know, we run tight zone, but we also run outside zone a pretty good bit. Um, We like to go to the nub side and uh, attack a three-man surface. And if they take that away, they bring a fourth defender. You know, what are we going to do from there? And we got all of our mechanisms that um, can handle that. Um, And then we run some gap scheme. You know, I, I believe you. Um, some people are predominantly, predominantly gap a little zone. Um, you know, we're close to, you know, a third, third and a third, you know, we uh, really haven't majored in pin and pull, been around it, but, um, the last few years with coach Napier, I mean, there's just so many other things that we like that we go to. Um, so I would say as a young you know, coordinator, and, um, you're, you're just starting from scratch. Um, you know, you got to find something that, uh, that you can wrap your mind with when it starts to run game first. It all starts with the run game for us and then play action and then shots off of it. Um, but you got to find something that you can, um, that you believe in first. If you believe in, it and you sell it to your players, that's the key thing. Um, Cause they know, they know when it's real and they know when it's, all right, I know what's kind of going on here. Um, so you, you got to be able to wrap your mind around and you got to be able to sell it. That's the first thing. And then you got to be able to, be, once you, feel like you've mastered that concept you need to find little wrinkles off of it to your next second or third progression so uh, I hope that answered the question.
1: Yeah absolutely and you you're implying it there slightly but do you agree that it's important that once you have your kind of your base run that you kind of you that's it I want to hang my hat on this that there's compliments off that and there's as you say second and third progressions and if so what's how do coaches go around doing that? Is it just a case of researching the plays and what, what works?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you, if somebody game plans us or breaks us down. We are a zone team, you know, that have complements of uh, tackle over, gap scheme, um, you know, That that's what our – we like to spin off of it, you know, but we are a tight zone team first um, that runs a good bit of outside zone. And then we have complement of gap plays, you know, where we see a lot of odd defense and and we like to go to gap concepts off of that. So, um, but I hope that answered your question.
1: Oh, absolutely. Sure. Um, So let's move on then. You've just been talking about how you're predominantly a zone team would you be able to perhaps talk us through a favorite run play of yours that you have, um, whether that's zone or something else? Uh, and if there's a compliment off that, that you'd like to, to break down and perhaps provide some coaching points for your offensive line, but also the quarterbacks and the running backs.
0: Yeah, we, um, our, our first, uh, concept play that we run is, you know, a tight zone, um, tight zone run which you know the running backs aiming points the backside leg of the center um, versus odd we like to push it you know we see a lot of odd structures in our conference um, and we usually we run it to the field we run it to the boundary um, but we'll push it to the overhang and we'll read the d gap defender um, versus odd Um, the running back will read the um, the backside a gap defender Um, you know, versus four down, it just becomes your all tight zone play that everybody runs. And we have all the the RPOs off of it, usually on the front side, the running back. I mean, the receiver will block most dangerous defender. Um, But we, you know, depending on the coverage element that week. You know, what we see, we'll tag the appropriate, what we feel like going into is the appropriate RPO. and then after that, you know, after we run in tight zone and we feel like the defense is hunkering inside or the D-line's moving, whatever it may be, uh, we'll get to outside zone. Um, you know, we don't run much outside zone where it's flat back across the quarterback's feet. We're usually in pistol, and we'll run outside zone. We first like to attack the three-man surface. Um, and versus the fourth defender, we will take the play usually the other way. Um but we also run outside zone we'll get in 12 personnel and we'll go to the tight end wing element um, which is kind of unique our run game is uh, different than anybody in the leagues well i would say app state's very kind of similar um you know we like to get in 12 personnel everybody in the league is either 10 personnel run run fit or run game or, or 11 personnel you know when you get in 12 you know and if a defense they don't see it all the time. It's kind of make you makes you unique in the standpoint. They don't know how to defend it. So, we'll get in twelve personnel run outside zone to the tight end wing element where they got to defend those blocks and you get out of your gap and it can be issues. So, we start with we start with tight zone and then we'll we have our different uh, variables of outside zone either outside zone nub or outside zone to the tight end wing element and uh, with the appropriate RPOs, you know, we run the same. RPOs, everybody else in college football is doing, if not, we reinvent the wheel uh, there. Um, But, and then we got our gap schemes, you know. Um, One of our gap schemes that we run is duo, which is two back power, no puller, where the running back's reading the mic. The mic is in, the running back's out. The mic is out, the running back's in. Um, And it looks very similar to your tight push zone, but it's not, it's not the same play. You know, you've kind of seen that, argument and on uh, Twitter the last month and everybody being in quarantine. but um, with that, that play and uh, the another number one play gap scheme that we run is uh, guard tackle counter where you know if we want to run it versus an odd structure first and then if it's odd, uh, you know, we'll, we'll trade we'll deuce to the next pass declared. Um, the backside tackle is always pulling for the mic ID and the guards kicking the first man, then man on the line of scrimmage. And if it's odd, that's a playside tackle and tight end are trained The next pass declared. So the, the play with duo vertical, um, knocking the down lineman back, and it's really good versus movement, too. You can cover them up. Um, and everybody has roles and duo, our roles is we have the four down, the mic and the wheel, the tight end has the defensive end and the H has the Sam and four down and I, we have a three down bucking wheel. Um, so um, it's a sound play you can handle every front. Um, it's good. Gets pressure movement. Um, so the duo play and then the guard t- tackle, uh, counter play or two two plays that complement each other that it's uh, puts a pressure on the defense to be able to stop both of them and it's different fits for them as well so
1: that's some great information there coach and you were talking about tight ends Uh, I'm interested to know a little bit about how you do things in terms of your practice time at Louisiana at Lafayette do you considering tight ends have got to do both the run game they've got to do the pass game as well how do you split their time during practices and how much time do they spend with the offensive line doing run blocking
0: yeah it's um we have a really talented room and we've had some guys step up this past year but um we try to identify in recruiting you know is a guy on the ball why is he off the ball h you got to have complement of, of both you got a guy have to have a guy that can slice backside and. Uh, cut number three, you got to be able to have a guy that can block on the wing, hold the point, um, whatever your concept may be. The more you can have in that room, the more you can do. Um, you know, it helps your naked game. Um, but yes, you want to obviously, you want your on the ball Y to be able to run as well. But we like to have that room 50 50 of on the ball wise, off the ball H, and a guy that can do both is obviously a bonus. Um, but we, ha- we have a lot of guys on scholarship in that room, but it's unique here how we uh, have it set up on offense. Our head coach calls the plays, and I've been with him three different stops. And um, so we have two full-time offensive line coaches here, um, and it's been awesome. A guy named DJ Looney uh, works with me and does a phenomenal job. Played at Mississippi State, coached at Mississippi State, and has been with me here for, for three years. Worked with Sam Pittman at Georgia, who's now at Arkansas. Um, but, you know, once we start to formulate the plan, we, um, you know, we know the combinations that we have to work during individual is what, what's the front now this week? Is it odd? Do we need tackle tight end, uh, work And our, in our tight end coach does a phenomenal job. His name is Michael Desmo, um, who played here, was quarterback here, but does a great job in the tight end room. He loves that tight end room now. Um, it's done a phenomenal job. He's a guy that's coach receivers, coach running backs, coach tight end, so he he can do it all. But he will take a left tackle and tight end. Coach uh, Loon take a, a tackle and tight end. They'll work on their appropriate either zone combinations that week, gap combinations that they have we have going in, and I'll keep the inside three, or we'll switch it up, vice versa. Um, but we work them over and over and over again, so uh, they're able to get. Um, I feel more reps, more coaching, um, because we have two O-line coaches and we have a tight ends coach, obviously, Um, but versus all coming together, we break it down in pods with what they'll see, and I think it's important. Um, It's important that you work your combinations that you feel like you're going to see over and over and over again. Two O-line coaches definitely help that, Um, and also having a tight end coach that can handle um, attack on tight end over there so we're maximizing the time and the best that we that we can and I think it's important our tight end the more tight ends that you have, the more multiple you can be an 11, 11 personnel run game or 12 personnel run game. Um, and you can do a lot of the same same runs in 11 and 12 but there's a little bit more wrinkles that you can do in 12 and uh, not everybody sees that during practice, you know. Um, by their offense, and some people are more past the run, and we like to establish the run first and put pressure on them and kind of dictate uh,
1: how we're going to play the game. That's great. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about is is pass protection with the offensive line. Um, what are some of the things that you hang your hat on in terms of drills or coaching points that some of the coaches over here could learn from?
0: Yeah, we um, – you know, I would tell you this, just philosophy – um, is important first. You know, I think there's four four phases of, of pass protection, and this is all man side talking here. Um, there's a man side and there's a sort side or a slide side. you probably heard it. Um, I tell you on the man side first is you need to ask, an offensive lineman should tell himself, you know, especially when it's four down, what set do I need to take? Um, an offensive lineman here could tell you uh, there's three sets. There's a slide set, there's a shoe set, and there's a power set. Um, Slide set is the guys on the outside half. I need a slide to get on the inside half. He might be a little bit further. The departure angle might be wider. I might have to take one, two, one, two on the slide set. Um, Shoe set, if his hips are right on my hips in line with the quarterback. I need to sit right in my shoes, pick them up, put them down. I'm already on the path. I don't need to go anywhere. Um, and the third one is power set. I need to get my hips back on his hips. He's more on the inside half of me. Um, so first I know lineman has to ask himself that um, if you have bad balance or bad hands if you take the right set first you got a chance um, if you don't you're cooked you're done you don't have a chance um, so that would be the first thing I would tell him then the second thing and uh, our pass protection philosophy is how fast can you get at some guys are slower than others you want to snap out of your stance and get out of your stance fast because you know the snap count um, you know the intersection point that you're taking uh, and the third thing um, is balance you know when you get there you want to be balanced you want to be shoulder over knees over toes you don't want to be a waist spinner. you don't want to throw your head in there Um so that's the, the, the third thing. And the fourth thing is violent hands. It's our job as an offensive lineman to get the D lineman's feet to stop rushing the quarterback. And if we do that and his feet stop with the quarterback taking the right progression, the ball should be gone. So those are the four things. Um, and an O-lineman, if you came in and asked my fr- our freshman, hey, give me the full UL o line philosophies. What's set, how fast, I'm in balance, and violent hands. Now, there's about four or five drills that I believe in. And then that goes with all these philosophy things. We do a set drill every day, slide shoe and power, move the defenders. Uh, we do a, um, which we call, just give it a name. We call it AB punch, which is gets the O-lineman out of a stance. We do it from two and a three point. Um, and then, you know, balance. You do all these drills that help you create balance. Some O-linemen have balance and some don't, um, but you try to make it better. Um, by doing these few drills you know I'm a believer in find the small group of O-line drills and do them over and over again now maybe during the summer you can add a few more but when you're in the season and bullets are flying time everybody's on the 20-hour rule you better find the ones that hey all right that showed up in the game and do them over and over again Um, and there's some O-linemen that need a few other drills that either work before or after practice to kind of get caught up, but if you do too much, I don't think you get good at anything, that's my personal personal philosophy, um, but, and then the, the, you know, the third thing was balance, we talk about, and then we do a small, small uh, drills of, of punch drills, you know, I'm a big believer of, I keep my hands six inches apart, six inches away from my chest, and I want to punch, uh, punch to lockout about 95%. You don't want to have short hands. I never tell them to cross their inside hand. Cause when you do, they're going to get it. And I don't punch with my hands together. Cause if you punch with your hands together, a D lineman's going to get a two for one, one club, he's going to get both hands. At least I can catch him with the other one. If they're six inches apart, six inches um, from my nipples. And I'm always coaching. Hands have to be independent of your feet. Um, some of some guys, you know, you're trying to break the habit. They look like they're holding. I tell them they look like they're holding two glasses of sweet tea because they're such like a robot. Um, you know, it's I kind of give them the philosophy, man. It's an old lineman's like playing basketball, and you're on defense. You know, and the guy that's rushing towards the quarterback has the ball, and he's trying to sack the quarterback, put it in the hoop. You know, you got to keep your cleats on the ground to change direction. If your cleats are off the ground, you're taking big old kicks, well, you gotta put it down to go back inside to change direction. Um, So you gotta keep your cleats on the ground. If your left foot takes a two inch step, your right foot has to take a two inch step because if you don't, your base is just gonna keep getting wider. So I know that was a lot right there, but four things of philosophy first. What's set? How fast? Are you in balance? And then violent hands, you know, pass protection is not uh, passive. We are violent in pass protection. Um, I think you can watch it on tape and and see that carry over. Um, And I would tell you this, I think there's an art to once you start designing plays, um, if I'm going to give up a sack, I want it to be on the man side, never the sort side or the slide side. Um, Because we got gaps over there. We got an A gap, center got the A gap, guard has the B gap, tackle has the C gap. Um, And it's very critical that the guard is a good, as a drag, I think there's an art to it. The slide side tackle never wants to get beat outside. He wants to be able to overset and stay half a man on the outside because if he goes inside, the guard can hit him in the mouth. Um, If I'm going to give up a sack again, I want it to be on the man side, them running games. Whatever game it may be, Then you work all of your games and um, teaching progression when it comes to one-on-one pass pro group work, and then taking it over to team. Um, so that was a lot in pass protection, but um, you know, you you want to be solidify on the sort side. You want to be firm. Um, it's our job, and I tell them to make a pocket. I, the o, inside O line can't get knocked back deeper than two yards. And the tackles running them around eight and a half to nine yards. That creates the pocket for the quarterback. Uh, I think we've, for the most part, done a good job of where the quarterback can step up and feel comfortable in the inside of the pocket. When he starts getting knocked back and there's color showing in there, and he pulls it down, starts
1: scrambling, uh, it's going to be a bad day at the park. But um, so, no, that's great. That's that's all the sort of information that. I wanted to get out of you. Um, So we're just going to start wrapping it up up here. Um, Just one last question. Offensive line is a very, like I said earlier, a very unique position, but you've got receivers scoring touchdowns, running backs scoring touchdowns, QBs scoring touchdowns, and it's not something offensive linemen do on a regular basis anyway, if at all. And maybe over here, it's, it's a challenge to keep offensive linemen motivated because all they're doing in sort of, air quotes, is protecting other people. Is is there anything that you do with the O-line group that that keeps it fun and fresh and you're doing different things with them to keep them motivated? That's good. You know, it's, I think just over here, you know, the
0: last, you know, I don't know. um, We, you know, we have a deal that says five equals one, you know, and uh, I've been fortunate here. When I got here, I was able to inherit good personnel. you Know we got two guys that are going to get drafted this year, and um, you know, we don't have a selfish offensive lineman, that's not our nature. Um, we got a good culture in this group in this room, and um, we've been very productive the last two years. You know, we've had this past year, we had three 1,000 yard rushers, um, top five in rushing, and obviously, when you come with that, it's naturally that O linemen are going to have accolades. Um, so um, you know, I don't have a problem with motivating guys. You know, um, it also helps when you get two guys potentially going to get drafted this year. It helps the room. And, um, you know, but we're always um, promoting good effort. Our head coach does a great job. I think it all starts with the top down. Um, he does a good job in the team settings of when an lineman does a great job and strain and effort. How about giving him some love? You know, it just... Um, we have a great team, a great culture. Each room's done a good job. I think you got to run your room first, and then it goes to offense unit, defense unit, and all three phases. Um, but our receivers do a good job of, um, you know, showing offensive lineman love. So does running back. It's all around. I think our guys do a great job. You know, we ask our receivers to do a lot of blocking. Um, but when you do that, you also get a lot of one-on-one matchups up there, out there where you get a chance to win play action shots. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, do we want to run in every single down? No, we threw the ball at a very high level this year. Um, our quarterback Levi Lewis is back. Um, but in saying that, you know, um, is there anything unique that I do for the O-lineman? No, there's some things where, uh, you kind of handcuff, you know, um, but. It is what it is. You know, you kind of know that as a young player working your way up, playing offensive line. I think, uh, you know, if you're a guy that wants to be able to play at the next level and do it at a high level, they know that um, it's not a sexy position, but you try to make it the best you can. And we got a great room, the people, that o linemen, that buy in. And it also helps when you get good players and
1: get drafted, I'll tell you that. That's brilliant, Coach. Well, we're going to wrap it up there so, so I can let you get on doing um of your work Uh, before you go I'd like to give coaches the opportunity to share their social media handles in case any coaches over here want to follow you or get in contact with some questions are you happy to share those uh, Yeah, Twitter handle
0: on Twitter it's Coach Rob R-O-B S-A-L-E you know I know we didn't get to watch much uh, cut ups or do any cut ups um, but if a coach wants to I mean hey we got time on our hands right now and um, I didn't invent anything you know us coaches are thieves we steal things that we like and things we uh, we don't like we don't use um, but I would be more than more than happy to watch cut-ups with a you know coach that that dms me and um, says hey coach you got five minutes I won't just give me your best concept and I will detail it up to the to a gnat's ass um, excuse my language I said I wouldn't say a bad word I did my apologize. But uh, <laughs> I will detail it up, and and I promise you, and we'll do the compliments off of it. Um, you know, you like to share all your secrets, you like to share some secrets, but not all your secrets all the time. So uh, you got to keep some in your back pocket. But one on one, hey, let's roll. Um, you know, like I said, I, I took majority of the things that I that we do. It, it was stolen. So, and every coach can say that. So, but please DM me
1: at Coach Rob Sale, and we'll get it on. Fantastic! I'm sure you'll get a lot of offers now once this uh, podcast goes live. Uh, I'll let you get on, and uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Stay safe, and hopefully, we'll see you over in the UK sometime soon.
0: Adam, I appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Hope you stay safe as well. And um, if we want to keep building on this and, and doing more things, and um, and let's keep doing it. I appreciate you all that you're doing for the game of football.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, coach. Uh, chat soon. Yes, sir. Thank you again to Coach Sale for sharing great information on coaching the offensive line. Another reminder to check out the BAFCA tackling series clinics and tune in next time for another BAFCA coaching podcast episode.